0: 20 years ago, our world changed. On September 11th, we remember the thousands of lives lost and countless people impacted by the tragedies.
1: Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JoCo On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home.
0: Thanks for joining us for Joko On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Fried, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County Government. This month, Johnson County will commemorate the 20th anniversary of 9-11, including a board proclamation, an impressive flag display, and events to honor the lives lost. Here to talk more about the events we have with us, Gerald Hay with the Johnson County Public Information Office, and also Jason Rhodes with Overland Park. And a little later, we'll also hear from Aaron Otto, who oversees our Johnson County airports. Thank you both for being here. to be with you. Just to start off with, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about our memories from, from that day. And I know for myself, I was a student at the University of Kansas. I was on my way to class, and I can remember having the radio on and hearing the details of when that first plane hit the Twin Towers. And I remember just stopping what I was doing, listening, and then I walked into my class And we had the news coverage on. It was just kind of nonstop news coverage uh, from there on out, but it was just, it was very, very shocking and uh, it took a while to process what was happening. So Jason, if you can talk a little bit about what you remember from that day.
2: Sure. Yeah, I was a, uh, at the time, a television cameraman for uh, KNBC, the ABC affiliate here in Kansas City. And uh, like uh, many people uh, saw that, uh, saw the events unfolding on the news that morning, Um, was scheduled to work the evening shift but just went ahead and and headed into work knowing that uh, it was going to be an all hands on deck day. Uh, I do remember being sent down to the uh, city hall in Kansas City in the courthouse Jackson County courthouse down there and just uh, being outside sort of waiting for uh, a statement of some sort and every time a plane flew by I think we all cringed a little bit. It was just a very nerve-wracking time and uh, just a scary day, and you know, I think by the time the day was over, on the way home, I spent spent some time in the Adoration Chapel doing some prayer. It was just a horrible, horrible day.
0: And Gerald, what what do you remember from that day?
3: Well, I was working my part time job that morning, and basically, they uh, they turned on they had their TV on, and I quickly realized I needed to head into the newspaper. At that time, I was the news editor, news editor at the Olathe News. And basically I knew this was something that would be historic. And by the time I got to the newsroom, all the attacks had occurred and the wire service was totally exploding with the update sidebars, pictures. I mean, I promptly made the decision to go up four pages because I knew we needed the space to cover it well. And I just, it was basically nonstop uh, changes throughout the day. and. And I didn't really realize the impact until I got home that night and basically just calmed down and said, I I didn't know what the hell was going on, pardon the expression.
0: And we also have with us Aaron Otto, Executive Director of the Johnson County Airport Commission. He has a tie to the Pentagon. Here's his story.
3: So uh,
1: after going to Kansas State, I went to George Washington University and got a master's degree. And there was a program that would take folks with a higher higher level or higher education degree directly into um, working for the military, and in this case it was working for the Chief Naval Operations. So in 2000, went through a process and got hired along with three other people to start working for the the head admiral of the Navy, if you will, the lead admiral in the Pentagon, who was a guy named Vern Clark at the time. By 9-11, um, we'd come back from the deployment in the Baltic Sea. and. Um, was still doing some post-exercise discussions down in Norfolk, Virginia. So that was a Tuesday. And I was down actually that morning in what they call the tank or the bunker with the head admiral, a four star for the Atlantic Fleet. And he was, it's a sit rep of where's his ships, what are exercises, what are concerns, listening in that conversation. While we were in that tank, uh, Tower One was hit. By the time we got out of it, Tower Two was hit, and that's when everyone started paying attention. This isn't a coincidence, this isn't a phenomenon, you know, this is intentional. And so it was at that point um, I saw on the news, like everybody else did, being in Norfolk, that there was smoke coming from the Pentagon. And we needed the context of which side of the Pentagon was hit based on did you see a river in the background? Did you see monuments in the background? A parking lot in the background? Where did they hit? And in this case, the Pentagon was undergoing its first major rehab where they were gutting all, all five wedges, all five floors. And they had just rebuilt this wedge. So not many people had moved back into it. The problem is one of the people that got hired the same day I did, a guy named Brady Howell, had been one person that just moved back in there. And I talked to him on Monday asking questions about what's it like in the new space because he just shifted back. He was working in the Navy Command Center in the intel plot and he just shifted back to days on Monday the 10th. I said, have you met some of the new folks that got hired in our program this year? Now they didn't have high enough clearances to get in, blah, 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 blah. So I talked to him on Monday, saw where the incident took place and immediately called his wife and she hadn't heard from him yet. So at that point they evacuated Norfolk Naval Base and immediately I started driving back up to DC. And that was an emotional ride because the whole way there you're listening to the radio, just different updates. And I still remember being just south of Arlington on I-95 and usually there's a traffic sign that flashes detour or slow traffic ahead. It just flashed God bless America and that's, that's just when I lost it because, you know. So at that time I lived literally a walking distance from the Pentagon, got back there. It was early afternoon, Building still smoking, part of the building had collapsed. And just through the day, onlookers watching what was taking place and happening there because we couldn't get onto site that day back to work. We did go back the next day, um, and it's just amazing how quickly people saw about a 40-foot section collapse, but then the fire damage was much more severe throughout that wedge of the building. So the Navy really lost 70% of its space, both the Secretariat and the OPNAV staff where I worked. And, um, I still remember how quickly they built up temporary walls to protect the evidence in the crime scene, but also the most unbelievable smells. It was from lemon cleaning, like cleaning products, to jet fuel, and it was such a bizarre combination. But uh, they put us to work, a lot of different people just doing different tasks. Some of them were checking out rooms to see what was any impact, where electricity was still working. That was, I think they did that frankly, to keep some of us that knew Brady well busy, since he was listed in the missing at that point, pretty much that office. They had a pretty sustained loss of casualties that day. And then ironically, by the beginning of the next week, we were working on creating an award. Because there's not an award for how do you recognize, in this case civilians working on a military staff that are killed essentially in a combat zone. And then in the military, that'd be a Purple Heart. And so we worked on kind of creating a thing that ultimately came known as the Defense of Freedom Award. That's for civilians that die in a combat zone kind of situation, which that's what that was.
0: And it's kind of amazing how, you know, 20 years has passed, but it still feels very, I mean, it, like you can remember exactly how you felt and, and where you were and all of that. So it feels sort of fresh in a, a strange way. And um, it's kind of hard to imagine that, that you know, our younger people don't have that necessarily that same experience so but it's still important for them to understand what happened and to to realize you know that's that's a recent event i mean historically thinking about you know time it's it, it happened you know within you know two decades and it's it's still very fresh in the minds of a lot of people so um it's it is important for us to, to remember what happened that day and it's uh, something that i know johnson county and its cities all all do uh, in different ways and so i wanted to talk a little bit about the ways that we're remembering this year because it is um sort of a, a special um time where 20 years has passed so uh, to start off with jason if you want to talk a little bit about um both how Overland Park has has remembered uh, in the past and and what you're doing this year.
2: Yeah, so uh, we've been very fortunate um, to be the hosts or the caretakers, if you will, of the 9-11 Memorial in Overland Park. Uh, One of our firefighters, Trevor Miller, and his captain, Paul Bischoff, um, years ago saw... Uh, the ability to make application for artifacts from Ground Zero, and uh, this was just as the investigation into 9/11 had concluded, and so the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey awarded us a piece of steel, a much larger piece of steel than we anticipated, uh, and that's when we kind of had to turn to the community for assistance. We didn't have a way to transport it, and uh, I was literally talking to a, another dad at a ball game and. Uh, telling him about that. And and he volunteered or said that his trucking company might be able to help. And they, uh, MIQ Logistics did just that. It was amazing. But when that steel came into town and we drove it through the streets, people lined the streets to watch it go by. And that began or began a, an effort that just really snowballed of people in the community stepping forward to assist, you know, uh, SFS Architecture came forward and designed a memorial and just all kinds of companies, landscaping companies, concrete companies, and individuals donating. And so the community really built this amazing memorial that we take care of. And one of the things that makes it so special is the mission of that memorial is not only to memorialize the events of that day and remember, but there are uh, educational components. There are four educational panels that each denotes uh, what happened on one of the flights that day. And not a day goes by that I don't drive by the entrance star training center on my way to and from work and see uh, people out there uh, reading those panels lots of times with little kids pointing to them and teaching them about that day. So I think that is uh, very heartening for us to know that it is being taught to the next generation. You know, we thought about two years ago, it occurred to me on the 18th anniversary, there are kids graduating high school today who were, were not born. So uh, we have passed that marker and we're into the next generation. So we've got to keep that memory alive. The, the fire service motto is to never forget.
0: And where exactly is that memorial if one, people want to come visit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The 9-11 Memorial in Overland Park sits at the entrance to our fire training center, which is at 124th and Hemlock. So it's east of Antioch, about a block or so. Um, there are some signs there that direct people in. and it's just open to the public anytime. It's out, out front there and uh, ungated, so people are welcome to come visit.
0: Great. And can you talk a little bit about the event that you have planned this year?
2: Yeah, so uh, we're gonna do our our normal event. Uh, each year, our honor guard holds a very reverent ceremony. Uh, it's a very solemn event. They come out in the morning at about seven thirty. they lower the flag. Uh, This year we're going to clear the memorial pad and and, uh, ask people to to stay off the pad just because of COVID to keep our people kind of isolated during the event. They will flank the the artifact, uh, which is 14 feet tall and two and a half tons. It's very imposing. They'll flank that with two honor guard members. And then throughout the morning at sentinel times, they will uh, ask for a moment of silence and ring a bell, and we'll place some flowers at one of the various elements of the memorial. So, at when a plane struck a building or when a tower fell, things like that, they'll briefly announce what that uh, moment is, uh, the reverence or the uh, the the the, uh, the reason that moment's important, relevance, and then uh, and then have that moment of silence and and that bell ring. So it just continues on throughout the morning. It's a it's a about a two hour long ceremony. Uh, and a lot of, uh, a lot of local people come and just like to be there, be at that Memorial. And I'm always blown away by all of the uh, stories that people have, you know, I'm sure it's this way all across the country, but just the connections we have locally are, are staggering, you know, people that lost loved ones.
0: And that is happening on, on September 11th. Is that right? Can you just tell us again, the day and time?
2: Yeah so our uh, memorial ceremony is always on September 11th so it'll be this uh, coming uh, week from Saturday uh, September 11th that morning it'll begin about 7:30 a.m. and it will conclude about 9:30 a.m. Last year we did close the event uh, because of covid restrictions this year we are going to allow the public to come to the event but we are going to clear um, the pad area of the memorial so people will have to uh, watch from from the edges We'll encourage mask wearing and that kind of thing. And we will also uh, live stream that on our Overland Park FD YouTube channel. So if people um, can't make it to the memorial or are just uncomfortable being there during these times, uh, there's a way to at least uh, view from afar.
0: All right, that's great information. And then also in Johnson County this year, we're doing um something just a couple of days earlier. And Gerald is the, the mastermind of this event. And I know that it was a, a special thing that you wanted to, to be a part of and help plan. And uh, Gerald, can you cut, kind of talk about the details of that event and also why you wanted to do this?
3: Okay, yeah, the event will be uh, at eight o'clock on Thursday, September 9th at the uh, South Lawns of the administration building in downtown Olathe. Uh, basically, we're starting it. Uh, the event itself will start at 8:03, which was the, the time the second plane struck the second tower, and it will conclude around. It'll be about a half-hour event. So by the time we conclude, the third plane would have been striking the Pentagon uh, at 9:30. We'll be issuing a proclamation during the uh, Board of County Commission meeting. Uh, recognizing the uh, the 20th anniversary and encouraging people to participate in Patriot Day, which is that Saturday. So uh, our event basically uh, will display 2,977 small flags, two foot flags. Mm-hmm. And those flags, uh, thanks to some volunteers from Olathe West High School, will be placed the day before, the afternoon before Uh, after school and uh, the the flags will be on display until Monday uh, on the 13th. And uh, our student volunteers will also uh, pick up the flags. So uh, I've been planning this for quite some time because one of our featured uh, speakers will be uh, Bob and Shirley Hemingway from Shawnee. They lost their son, Ronald, who was in the Navy when uh, the Pentagon was struck. So he was 37 and the father of two small kids. And I've known him in ways for quite some time as a Gold Star family. You know, I've been involved with uh, the Jonta County Veterans Day events for 16 years. I met them at several occasions. So I knew the anniversary was coming up this year and I knew I wanted to do something to recognize the anniversary and to recognize them and their son.
0: All right. And if people aren't able to attend this event, they can also read about their story in the latest Best Times magazine. So do you want to talk about that?
3: Yes, I you know, over the course of about six visits with the Hemingways at their home. I basically put together, you know, you know, the background of their son and their their feelings has you know basically changed over the years i mean it's been 20 years and uh you know he was quite a guy uh, basically you know and they're very proud of him as a son and as a serviceman so uh you know the, this issue the best times has a, a profile on them and uh and like i said it was very interesting because i've I've been involved and known about Gold Star families ever since I was served in Vietnam. You know, My best friend like, uh, uh, was killed, well, he was lost at sea during the Vietnam War, and his body was not recovered. And Ronald Hemingway, his body was not recovered either. You know, the fire at the Pentagon basically, you know, it killed 125 people, but five, sets of remains, I mean, five people remains were not found. So here's one of the five. And uh, they are all occupy a common grave in Arlington Cemetery, along with the remains of 20 other victims from the uh, Pentagon. So just finding out those little details was quite interesting.
0: All right. And of course, this is a, a great tribute, um, both of the magazine article and this then also the event. Uh, we also have a video that will be played during the proclamation signing during the Board of County Commissioners meeting that's happening at 930, same day, um, September 9th. So we'll have that available on our website so people can learn more about their story and in learn about the tremendous sacrifice made here. So also we want to talk a little bit more about the details of the, the event with Johnson County. The event will be on the south lawn of the administration building. But, you know, as mentioned, because of the pandemic, uh, seating will be very limited, and people will be uh, physically distanced and asked to wear masks out there. But um, We are encouraging people to also view online, we'll have that live streamed on our Facebook live page and then also it will be available on our website at jocogov.org. So are there any other details that we want to include or let people know about that event.
3: Well, I think, uh, aside from, uh, you know, the Hemingway's our speakers will include uh, representatives from local responders, uh, first responders and uh, like I said, you know, we hope to keep the, the event itself to around 30 minutes or so. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good little event. It's going to be a nice little flag display for a few days. And uh, it's uh, something important that we need to call attention to and to observe.
0: Absolutely. And we do have a website that is a web page that's available so people can get more information about that event. And that is at jocogov.org forward/johnson slash Johnson county remembers and again that event is at 803 a.m. on Thursday September 9th and Jason if you want to remind us once again about your event date and time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gerald, first of all, thank you for your service. Um I'm sure that was quite a sacrifice then difficult time. Uh, our event is September 11th. Uh, we'll begin at about 7.30 a.m., conclude about 9.30 a.m. Uh, on uh, the grounds of the Memorial, which is at 12401 Hemlock, 124th and Hemlock at our fire training center. Um, I would also mention that the night of the 10th and the 11th, uh, the nights of the 10th and the 11th, will have uh, two spotlights flanking behind the Memorial, uh, shining straight up into the air, Uh, kind of mimicking the display that they have in New York sometimes that that uh, ground zero display those towers of light and it's very pretty uh, backdrop to the memorial so I encourage people to uh, to take time to come visit and and remember
0: absolutely well thank you both for being here today and sharing the information about your events and also your memories from that day again hoping that nobody forgets and we will continue to hold observances just like this I'm sure for years to come thank you both
1: you just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JoCoGov. For more on this podcast, visit JoCoGov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.